0: Hello and welcome to Grow Up and Talk. I'm Alex. Oh, and I'm Aaron. And uh Wait, wait, wait. And? Emily. No. Has you're, her- you're
1: not Emily. She has to say she's Emily. And Emily. There we go.
0: <sighs> Talking over me. <laughs> we starting over. Whoa! Oh, no, no I'm I I thought that was going perfectly. Oh my goodness. All right. We have a we have
1: a blooper now. We have an outtake for this. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to Grow Up and Talk. I'm Alex.
1: And I am Aaron.
0: And I'm Emily. Yeah. And this is episode six. Uh, We believe that eternities are changed when Jesus followers grow up in their faith. And one of the best ways that we can do this is by reading God's word. But not only reading it, actually talking about it and not bouncing around the tough questions, but taking those head on, having discussions and sometimes being willing to say, you know what? I don't really know. I, I guess I leave it up to God. We were actually talking about that a little bit yesterday. Yeah, yeah um, we had some
1: good conversations yesterday. Yeah,
0: so um, anyways, we hope that this podcast... There are be podcast, some
1: tough, question, tough questions today. Gonna there like are going to be some tough stuff. questions today. Yeah.
0: And we hope that this podcast encourages you to think uh, more and more about uh, God's Word and kind of why some of these uh, different things are in the Bible um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and how they could actually um, speak into our lives today. So today we are covering Leviticus um, chapter seven, roughly uh, to about halfway into chapter thirteen. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, Aaron,
1: yeah, you know, I just you kind of mentioned the whole whole idea that why is some of this stuff in the Bible? Um, some of it we read and it just seems so far removed from anything close to what we do today. Some of it seems very obvious. Like, why does this even have to be a law? It seems like nobody would ever do this, like eat a bat for instance. But (laughs) the, but some of it is just like, why, why is this a discussion? What, what, what's all this about? But like you said, we believe that the Bible is God's word uh, inspired and written through uh, the Holy spirit through men um, and women long ago. And, um, as we look at it and we analyze it, we realize that even though maybe we don't face the exact same issues, that the concepts a lot of times right. are applicable to us, and um, and that all of it was put together eventually to point to the good news of Jesus coming, and when we see, uh, you know, if we can kind of keep up with this all the way through, we'll see how God really wove this whole story together from beginning to end to make a... Beautiful, beautiful um, kind of an arrow pointing to his son that's going to be the Savior.
0: Yeah, nice. So, did you want to give us an overview of what's going on in these (laughs) chapters?
1: (laughs) An overview. That should be pretty um, easy. Kill a lot of animals to make (laughs) sacrifices. Don't eat certain parts of the animals. Nobody eat any parts of some of them, and only the priests eat certain parts of other parts. Parts of the animals, and um, if you get a boil that has a white kind of fluidy substance, you need to go show it to the priest. That's a, that's a pretty pretty straight up overview. Uh, it's it really is. It's a listing over and over and over and over again of different sacrifices that are made for different reasons. Um, there is uh, even a. Basically, an ordination service. You remember your ordination
0: service? I do. And there in was. In fact, there is uh, a huge picture frame that has my ordination bulletin mm-hmm. on it and uh, has uh, people's signatures who were involved in the service, and your signature is there mm-hmm. uh, because that, that you were really there just, in St. Louis. That
1: increases the value of that picture tremendously to have my signature it on there. It is now it's... worth. Two dollars instead of one, <laughs> but um, you know, in your ordination, you know, I was there, and I do not remember any sprinkling of blood on you. I do not remember putting blood on your earlobe and and on your big toe. And I'm just beginning <laughs> to think that your ordination may not be valid because wow. because wow. we didn't do any of this stuff that they said. I see that you're how supposed it is. To but um, you also were not wearing an ephod with all kinds of you know gemstones and and things like that. And <laughs> if so, I
0: was, I'd be selling it. <laughs> <laughs> it, might rent,
1: <laughs> it might be worth more than my signature. might um, be worth more than my signature. but uh, but we look at um, again, some god has some very very specific detailed ways that these sacrifices are supposed to happen when they're supposed to happen how they're supposed to happen which part of the animal is supposed to be taken where at what time and and what the purposes are for all of these things and i i was really intrigued by the ordination service i thought that was a really interesting part of things um and then i was also intrigued by um Aaron who's the the high priest basically uh his sons who decided to like try to um, copy dad and what he was doing okay. in church and his sons get toasted by fire <laughs> no. from God, man. Yeah. You know, and so uh, I need my kids to read that and then they'll stay off the altar, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, then it winds up in, uh, you know, um, it, it, talking about clean and unclean animals, and like I said, uh, well, it, oh, chapter twelve, real short chapter, but it talks about purification after childbirth, which again we get to see a, a pointing to Jesus in that chapter, yeah. and then because um, Mary
0: was, she went through
1: the purification after the birth of Jesus, right, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. So we'll talk about some of that, uh, and then thirteen laws about leprosy. Um, again, we will look at that and go, how does this apply to us? But we will talk about that as you. Our gracious moderator asks the questions pertinent All to right. our discussion.
0: So, as the moderator, mm-hmm. your first question is, things that stood out to you for 500 For 500 Ooh! Wow, another thing is <laughs> worth more than my signature. All right. Um. Anything that stood out to you? Um, you talked about the ordination thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything with that or other parts that you, you mm-hmm. want to point out?
1: Yeah, so kind of backtracking to, to Exodus real quick. God set up this this whole way that the tabernacle was going to be set up in a very specific way, and He set it up so that the priests could do their ministry there. Um, and so that every little piece of the tabernacle had specific meaning and purpose, and that the places where the sacrifices were going to be made had specific meaning and purpose. And there was even a part of that tabernacle uh, called the Holy of Holies where only the high priest could go back there, you know, and uh, be in the presence of God in the with the Ark of the Covenant and all this. Really, And so when we get to chapter 8 of Leviticus, we, uh, we see the first time, after all this stuff is completed and the laws are passed down about how the sacrifices are to be made... So basically, um, if you look at chapters 1 through 7 of Leviticus, um, this is like seminary for Aaron and his sons, right? This is like... Here's, here's how you do all this stuff on the chancel. Here's how you do you know right. uh, when you stand up and when you sit down. Basically, <laughs> it's what we, you know, um, but this is more for them. This is like, here's how you sacrifice a bull. And here's what you do, and here's what you don't do. And here's what you do at this part of the body, and here's what you don't do. And, and if it's this kind of sacrifice, you do this. If it's that kind of sacrifice, you do that. Really in-depth and could kind of get boring and redundant. But <clears throat> when we get through that, we get to chapter 8. And it talks about the consecration of Aaron and his sons. And uh, one thing that stands out to me is just that word "consecrate," okay. because consecration um, has this connotation. That the basically the meaning is is something that's set. Aside for a holy purpose, okay. And from from now through the rest of the Old Testament, we're going to see the word pop up over and over again. Sometimes it's consecrating vessels, uh, like a, you know, a goblet or a basin or an ark. Sometimes it's consecrating clothing. Sometimes it's consecrating people. And in this case, it's consecrating Aaron the priest and his sons, um, setting them aside and apart for these purposes. And God had kind of said, you know, here's things that when he goes through list of things that are unclean that we shouldn't do or that we shouldn't touch, that was hard too. Because what what I see is like, oh my goodness, I touch a lot of this stuff a lot of times throughout mm. my life, and it says even if you're you know the hem of your robe touches it, your robe is unclean. Or if it, yeah. you know, and and basically what God was saying is we are unclean people, and if you want to, and and he when he sets up this tabernacle and and his presence in there, he says to be in my presence, there is not uncleanness allowed. Right. And so we we might go, wow, we're all unclean when none of us are allowed in his presence. God says, No, I'm gonna I'm gonna consecrate people as as mediators here, um, that are going to be the one does this mean that Aaron and his sons had not done anything wrong or were No, but God says there's going to be this blood sacrifice that has to be made to make them uh, basically atoned for, to make their uncleanness atoned for, to be in my presence. And once they're atoned for, they are not allowed out of my presence. They can't step out of the temple until Mm. all this stuff is done. And so I found that very very interesting, the idea of consecration, what what it means to be set apart. Um, There was uh, one particular... Um, verse that I'm looking for right now, uh, and of course I'm not going to Well, as you look yeah, for that, sure.
0: I will uh, talk about the consecration a little bit. Yeah. Um, basically, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit in the previous episodes where we talked about the tabernacle and the building of the tabernacle, but um, there's this idea that we see in Exodus, and now Leviticus 2, where God is hes completely holy, and holy just means set apart similar to consecrated and sacred, those kinds of words. It means that God's uh, holiness is so powerful that it kills anything that's unholy Mm, or unclean in uh, that in his presence. And so that's why it's important for everyone to consecrate the the things that uh, God is telling them to uh, consecrate and make clean, because if they don't, they're going to die. Right. Um, And uh, we see that that's kind of a um, I'm going to use a big word here, sacramental Mm. um, sort of way of working. So that just kind of means like uh, when we think of like sacraments, we think of God uniting uh, his word, his holiness to something that's physical. Yeah. And so we we see that a lot like we see that in the beginning of Isaiah, actually where he takes the burning coals and puts them on Isaiah's lips and because he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. Right. And so it's God's holiness uh, in that coal or that burning coal in that vision that touches his lips and makes him holy. Right. So, and see,
1: that's one of the problems I think that we've had throughout the history of Christianity is looking at some of these things as laws that you need to do in order to make things holy. So the blood being put on Aaron... I mean, if we think about it in a literal context, it, it made him dirtier, technically. Right. Yeah. But the blood being a sacrifice for the atonement of sin, marking him, hmm. made it was not for God's purposes, not going, God going, okay, you're clean enough for me now. It was for Aaron's purposes and for the people's purposes to see that, okay, there's something huge and like death has to happen. Hmm. In order for the cleanness to come and to atone for him to be, and so it was. It and, and it's the same way. Why does God uh give us sacraments? Why does He give us holy communion with bread and wine, or baptism with water, so that we can take elements that we can see and feel and touch, and that are readily available, and God can uh, assign to and uh, connect to those things His promises. And so it's not always God. Just knows we need to see stuff right. and feel stuff
0: and taste stuff. Yeah, yeah. and. The important thing to keep in mind here is that, you know, all of these actions, the actions in and of themselves don't do anything. Right. It's God's word saying Mm -hmm. that this is what I do. This is how I work when you atone for your sins when you sacrifice an animal, and you know, and it's God's word that validates the action or the activity.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely, and you know. He, 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 talks about some of the sacrifices here that would be made and that some of them would be like burnt offerings, right? And you put them on this fire on the altar and it would be the fat from around, you know, certain entrails or whatever. And, you know, it'd be certain parts of the animal that we put on there and burnt. And it said it would be burnt as a burnt offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Now, when you think about that, uh, Jesus later says, God is spirit. And those who worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. So God doesn't need to smell anything. Like, God God doesn't need to inhale and go, oh, yeah, that smells good. I guess I'll like these people for another week. He, God is—this pleasing aroma, again, is for the benefit of the people— so that they would, they're going to watch this this smoke going up in this very uh, spiritual and ethereal way uh, into heaven, and mm. realize that this thing that's th- this was my ox, this was my ram, that was you know that wasn't my field just a little while ago, and now it's dead, but now I'm it's being given for for the Lord, it's being given to God, even though God doesn't really need it, it's being given uh, to show that I trust God, uh, that I realize I'm sinful and that I can give up this earthly stuff that I'm so connected hmm. to and know that He's going to take care of me even though my ox is now gone and dead, right. you know? Uh, and it's it, part of it is symbolic of us dying to ourselves for God.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that is really interesting, and I think it, at the base of, every, of all of the stuff that we see in Exodus and Leviticus and all of these really weird and strange things, it kind of comes down to, trusting in God. Oh, yeah. And uh, trusting him to be the one to work, trusting in him uh, to know what he's doing. And even though it's like really weird and strange and confusing, uh, maybe for the people who are going through it, um, he calls us to trust in him. Um, And that, I think, definitely applies today as well. Yeah. Um, When things don't make sense, God calls us to trust him. Right, Um, right. And uh, I like what you said about, you know, the connection of the earthly things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that was once my animal. And now all of a sudden it's given to God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you you really have to trust God to provide for you, even though you just made a huge uh, commitment and sacrifice giving up that animal for him. Right, Um, right.
1: So I found the, the verse I was looking for is actually okay. in chapter 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 10. It says, uh, talking to Aaron again, uh, you are to, or Aaron and his sons, um, you are to distinguish between the holy and the common. Between the unclean and the clean, you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. And so this distinguishing between what's clean and what's unclean, what's holy and what's common, was important. Because just before that, it prefaces it by saying, all right, Aaron, and all of your sons, all the priests, you guys are not going to drink alcohol ever again. You guys Damn. are, yeah, <laughs> like you guys are not going to let wine touch your lips. You're not, um, you, you know, you're not, anytime in your you're in the tent of meeting, this kind of stuff is not you're going to be completely devoted to me in this in this task your your minds won't be clouded by you know the presence of alcohol in your system you're going to be 100% devoted to me and you're going to be different than the rest of the people in that way hmm. sometimes we don't want to we don't want to think of uh, pastors being different than the rest of the people I don't like to think of myself as a pastor as different than the rest of the people because I know how horribly sinful I am and at the yeah, same time I know that God has also set like This is not a a, a, trying to be a haughty thing or whatever, but I know God has set me apart for his purposes. And I I am keenly aware that at times, like, man, I've got to make sure that my mind is not clouded. I need to make sure that my mind is not um, being overtaken by these quote-unquote common things, that I need to be focused on the holy things and not let the common things overtake and distract and and so on and so forth. And I just think that, again, when we think about these things, some of these mm, Sacrifices rituals that were going on, we think, man, that's really
0: weird, but the concept behind them is still very, very pertinent right yeah, and I, I think we still apply that you know with other leaders in the church as well, oh sure, you know, like elders and even our lay ministers, and
1: well, eventually yeah. every Christian right eventually it's every right. Christian we should be going, okay, what, what are the common things that are getting my mind and my, my soul off of, the fo- like, off of the focus on God and onto um, yeah. Onto the things of this world,
0: and we read uh, God's word to help us distinguish between, you know, the things that are common and the things that are correct. You know, set apart, right. so to speak. And um,
1: yeah, and so this is a good example. Like, God's not saying wine is horrible, alcohol is terrible. Nobody should drink wine. God is saying, be careful what you're using and how it's affecting you. Right. And in certain situations, yeah, you she, she should probably entirely abstain. And some people should always abstain because hmm. they're going to have a propensity toward just overindulgence. So we need to right. know ourselves in that way.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All
1: right. Emily just tapped her watch. That means we are like 15 minutes into things. Wow. And we just gotten started. We man. were flying. I haven't through. even talked about how horrible it is that
0: we can't eat rock badgers. That is sad. Yeah. I've <laughs> been having a craving lately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, is there anything in these passages that can concern you or you have questions about or that you think would be really confusing
1: um, well, <laughs> there 's a, <laughs> a lot of stuff that 's really confusing um, and and we 'll get into some of that One of the things it was uh, at the beginning of chapter ten um nadab and abihu who were sons of aaron and so they were in the priestly line. they were supposed to be helping with the priestly stuff they had been part of the ones who were consecrated for this priestly duty but they saw so if you back up into chapter 9 um aaron gets consecrated and ordained and then afterwards he comes out and he blesses the people and you know they had lit these fires for, so the first sacrifice that was done in the temple in the tabernacle who was it done for it was done for aaron it was hmm. for his sins. So he was going to be the high priest over everybody, and he can't be the high priest until he has, he, there has been a sacrifice for him and for his sins, and that's burned on the altar. So now this is a cool picture. Now this, these sacrifices for Aaron and his sons are burning on the altar. Aaron comes out and blesses the people, and as soon as that happened, God goes, I like this, and God goes, boom, and he sends this huge blast of fire and just burns everything up. And like, and people. It says. It says the uh, the people. Uh, fell on their faces and shouted when they saw this happening.
0: And I was like, you know, that there would be w- some uh, uncleanness to clean up. <laughs> some, some more uncleanness. Right, right, right. Yeah. And yeah, more purification.
1: So so this is so here's the just the general tendency of mankind that I see in this. Then chapter 10 starts up. It says now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered it unauthorized as fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So they had seen this cool thing happen and they're like, oh, I want to be a part of that action. And so they start making their own kind of little rituals. And this is something that also happens in our church still today. We start making things that are like, we we start assigning importance to things that God didn't assign importance to. Mm -hmm. And God does not like that. He did not like it so much in this case that he sent fire again and burned those two boys up. Like he was just like, now I don't know if they were boys. I don't know how old they were. They may have been men. But but no. he sent fire down and and consumed these two. Said I did not ask for this. I did not tell you to do this. When we start making our own laws and things like that, God says uh, that's the laws of man. That's not the laws of God. Mm. And you're perverting um, my word.
0: So a question that I have that may not be able to be answered is, um, you know, you see all these things like God coming in the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke. And uh, he's coming down with fire. And um, then the two sons of Aaron, they do this thing they're not supposed to do. And then they get killed on the spot. So why isn't that kind of stuff happening today? Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people do. Ask that question, especially with, you know, even in the New Testament where you see angels appearing and, um, you know, why aren't we seeing these like this crazy stuff happening, you know, in our churches or or that kind of thing?
1: Right, and I, you're right. We probably can't fully answer that question. But one thing that I would say is that as we look through the pages of the Bible, starting at the first page, going to the last, we're looking at thousands and thousands of years that that accumulate over those courses of those pages. And in those thousands of years, we see every once in a while somebody get burned up, you know, by the fire yeah. of God. And so it's not like it's happening every other day. It's there's there's still there there are things that are you know, but at the same time. Uh, here in this early part of God's people wandering the wilderness, things like that are happening pretty frequently. And so, why do we not see these things happening um, now? Well, part of it is that God has said, when we remember when Jesus died on the cross, Jesus right. said, "It is finished. I've mm. taken care of. I've taken care of all that needs to be taken care of." Does this mean miracles will no longer be done? No. There's still miracles being done. However, we live in this culture now that Satan I think uses to our detriment okay satan will now say oh you got better because of medicine not because of god you got better because doctors are really talented not because of god you know um or um this this um this punishment this affliction this was just a natural cause and you can attribute things to natural causes if we had been there that day who knows like where that fire came from like maybe maybe it was a meteor that fell out of the sky and we would just gone. oh what an unfortunate coincidence yeah. But the Bible tells okay. us, no, this is, this is God. And so I do think we see some of these ha- things happening and I'll tell you this, and some people don't like to hear this, that there's still spiritual warfare going on and that hmm. demons and angels and Satan and God are real. And, um, what we see is in, in developed countries where there's a lot of technology and we put our minds to create things, uh, we Satan tends to use those things we've created to create to put our faith in those things. Now, if you go to some third world countries where um, maybe they don't believe in our God, they don't believe in the true God, but they believe in other gods. Oh man, some of this stuff is going on on a regular basis because they don't have um, technology and medical advancements and things like that for them to for Satan and his demons to put hmm. their faith in and so they have to do other things and God acts in miraculous ways there uh different than what we would see okay. over here. And so it's not that it's not happening, but I, it is a good right. question. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and that kind of brings to mind the passage where Paul says our battle is not against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm but against the spiritual Mm -hmm. forces um, in the heavenly realms. And so I think sometimes I I would agree with you that I think maybe there's a lot of things that go on that we um, maybe don't give as much credit to uh, spiritual forces and that kind of thing because we only see the flesh and blood part of it. Right. Um, And
1: often that's because that's all we're looking for. Yeah. We don't, we're not, we're not... We're not asking God to drop the scales from our eyes to see, Hmm. because when we see it, uh, I I think, um, I can't remember who it was that, that said... If we could have the scales dropped from our eyes and see the spiritual warfare that's going around on around us for one second, the rest of our lives would change to where we would be focused completely differently on, hmm. uh, on those things uh, uh, that, we, uh, that we make important. And um, I have seen in very real first-person ways demonic and, and angelic stuff. And it is horrifying and victorious. And, yeah. um, and we'll talk more about that some other time.
0: Well, on that note, (laughs) um, is there anything in this section of Leviticus that gives you uh, hope?
1: Uh, Yeah, because in this section, there was probably, just in this short section, probably close to a hundred laws that God laid down saying you have to do this. And some of them were as as simple as like, um, if you, you know, if you accidentally do this and you don't atone for it this way, you are cut off from my people from ever for forever. And that seems like, why would that give you hope, Aaron? But, what, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> Aaron, why, but what, what this is, is God's laying out like, In my perfection, in my presence, like none of these things have to ever be atoned for because none of these things exist. In heaven, in perfection, these things don't happen anymore, but you are living in this sinful place, and I need you to, in a very physical way, see the death that happens because of your sin. And so he lays out law after law after law to be cared. Nobody, and even if we just took these few chapters that I've got right here, there's no person on earth that could keep all of these laws. Right. And... And so what God is doing right now is he's setting up this stage because there's going to be about 650 more laws that mm. come after this. And he's setting the stage to where Jesus can someday stand before people and say, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are peacemakers. Blessed who are, are those who are persecuted for my sake. for So were the prophets before them. And then Jesus says... Here's all the ways that you have interpreted the laws. I'll tell you, you don't. You haven't even come close to keeping them. And if you think you have, you're still far away from keeping them. And so here's the final law: be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, mm. which he quotes from Deuteronomy. And um, and the answer is, God has set this up all along so that we could realize we can never work our way to Him, and we need Him to save us. Right. So that gives me great hope.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, and. That is something good that you just modeled, and we've done it a couple times right now in our conversation, which is always thinking about, you know, how does this point to Christ? How does, uh, even in Leviticus, yeah, you can see Jesus in it or see Jesus pointed to, even if it's saying, wow, this standard is impossible, and it reminds you of how Jesus said, well, with God, nothing is impossible. Right. Yeah. And, and
1: because Jesus was God, none right. of this was impossible. And he's the only human who ever kept all, these, right. all of these perfectly. Yeah. And Leviticus itself means laws, right? It, 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 so it's about the laws that were set forth. And so get ready for more of this in coming weeks. Yeah. But, um, but Jesus, who is all about grace and gospel... Was also a fully full keeper of the law, and right. and we're kind of in a weird situation right now because we're recording this and like we we're recording. Uh, <laughs> Are we going to reveal six. our secret? Oh secrets? yeah, this is the secret. We were. It's it's kind of like the Star Wars thing. Like I saw the first Star Wars when I was wow. a kid, but I didn't really see the first Star Wars when I was a kid. I saw the third Star Wars when I was a kid because the first one wouldn't come out until like twenty five years later. Wow. And so we're recording right now, session six, mm-hmm. and we haven't recorded section five, and 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 so I'm hoping that we're going to talk about some of this stuff about what the law means. Okay. And um and so that's in, just
0: in the episode that came before this. In, yeah. <laughs> in, in the prequel, yeah. Mindbender. Woo. Um, but uh, just a real quick point is that the law is good. Yeah. Um if if we're if we hear the law or like you know, know what God wants us to do, and we're like, oh wow, I didn't do that. Yeah. Then what's bad is our sin and mm-hmm. us not keeping the law. But the law is always good, and Jesus is the perfect example of what it means to be perfectly human, mm. uh, because to be, to truly be human, is to live in a right relationship with the right. creator.
1: And so we know that Jesus kept all these laws, but we also know from time and time again, he said, I don't do anything unless my father in heaven tells mm. me to do it. So he was in a perfect relationship with his father, which allowed him to be a perfect keeper of the law. And wouldn't it be great if we also uh, did that? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus, there is no longer any condemnation for those who are under the mm. law.
0: Yeah, very good. All right. Well, we uh, have um, gotten pretty deep into uh pointing to Christ and Mm -hmm, even jumping mm -hmm. to the New Testament. So we're going to take a break. Okay. And we'll be right back in a little while. All right. Hey, welcome back to Grow Up and Talk, and we're going to be talking about how this part of Leviticus applies to our lives today as Christians and as followers of Jesus. So, Aaron, (laughs) tell me something.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, there are a number of things that we can take out of this that apply. I'm going to point to something that maybe maybe you wouldn't have thought I would point to, but it, it... Talks about a number of times about with some of these sacrifices, that there are certain portions of the sacrifice that the priests are to take aside um, and it's set aside. They still wave it as a wave offering before the Lord, but now they get to keep it and eat it in their own household. Um, they get to keep, you know, this portion of, of whatever sacrifice or that portion, uh, whether it's... Uh, meat or bread or whatever it might be. They get to keep it for them and, and in their own household to eat. So this is how they're sustained through their sacrifices. Cause they don't, mm. they don't get to work outside of this. This is their job. And so, Hey, yeah, look at this, right? So here's I'm you...
0: starting to like where you're going. With this. <laughs> does it mean that I get a raise?
1: <laughs> yes. It's going to be the leg of an ox. Ooh. Um, right. Yeah. And so does do... it taste good? Well, is Aaron a, a good leg of ox cook? <laughs> no. Uh, well anyway, but um but but what is very evident is first of all when you see all these sacrifices laid off for all these different sins, there's a lot of sacrifices coming in. And so there's plenty for the priests. Like, it, and mm. it even. there's even um, instructions for here's what you do with what's left over. And so there is a caring for the ministers of God's house and God's people that happens through this sacrificial system, which I think is an important thing to um, to look at. And I'm not saying that, hey, you know, give it, but I'm saying that, there, you know, sometimes that's something that we don't always consider. Um, and if you read 1 Corinthians chapter nine, Paul talks about that a whole lot as well. But some more of the things that are very applicable. Um, chapter 11. Not quite as applicable in all ways because it's it's you know it tells you a lot of the unclean things that are not supposed to be eaten. Like I mentioned, the rock badger, you know, is not a a bat. You don't want to eat buzzards, basically, you know.
0: If you find a rock badger, you are allowed to eat it. Yes, because because Christ (laughs) has paid for the sin, and and we read later in the book of Acts
1: that God reveals Himself to Peter and says, "Hey, these things." are, are clean they were only called unclean for your purposes earlier so that you would know that there's no way for you to really by yourself be clean and so you got to have jesus to make you clean so
0: technically i guess we can eat bats now if we want to Ooh. it's just I, i've not found but you, you know a fun fact about bats Tell is me. that you know they have to relieve themselves right. and um but they all kind of you know hang upside down mm-hmm. so they have to kind of figure out how they're going to do that you know and so the top bat is the one that's clear of all the mm. you know the poop yeah and uh but the bottom they call bats... it guano
1: guano <laughs> is the name
0: for bat poop <laughs> okay well anyways the guano trickles down from the the top bat and so if you're on the bottom if you're not the uh alpha bat <laughs> then uh you're you might Get a little something on mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. but oh, there's a yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: yeah. I thought we were supposed to be wrapping this up. I Pastor. know. All right. I know. So um, that, I do want like a random question. I do want to point to uh, chapter twelve, where it talks about purification after childbirth, and it talks about when a woman has a baby, whether it's a male. Or a female, and it's funny that there's different regulations. Like, if your baby's a male, this is how long you're <laughs> unclean, and if it's a female, you're unclean for longer. I don't know why. Great, right. yeah. But um, thanks, God. Yeah. But what we read in chapter in chapter twelve, verse six um, through seven, uh, it says, "When the days of her purifying are completed, whether a son or for a daughter, she shall bring." to the priest of the entrance of the tent of meeting, a lamb a year old for a burnt offering and a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. And he shall offer it before the Lord to make atonement for her. Then she shall be clean. Um, we see this uh, in uh, in the gospels later when Jesus is born. And this law is still in place. Hmm. And so Mary has had a son. And so basically after um, 30 is 33 days uh, plus this about after 40 days she goes to make this purification now this is part of the keeping of the law but if she doesn't her son is also impure and unclean and Ooh. so before jesus is even able to toddle or walk or
0: talk he's already keeping the law and he's and, and he had an another human being to do it for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And through whom God
1: was working. And awesome. so a pretty, pretty amazing thing pointing forward. And this is where we hear Simeon in the temple saying, I can die now because I've seen God's Christ.
0: It is also featured in the song The Twelve Days of Christmas. Uh, two turtle doves. Oh, yeah. And that's anyways.
1: The, yeah. Um <laughs> fair enough. I'm in a Mar- goofy mood. But today. Mary and Joseph brought that that was they did not bring a lamb. They brought two turtle doves. And the reason was. The reason they did that was because that was a sacrifice for people who were poorer. Mm. So there was there was a level in all of these chapters too of like, here's what you bring if you if you got a herds, you're bringing me an ox. If you got flocks, you're bringing me a lamb. If you don't have much, you're going to bring me a turtle dove or maybe some flour, you know, Mm. to put. And so, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: interesting, awesome. Well, well, I need to ask
1: Emily a question about okay, um, Emily, uh, just what do you think about uh, uh, Leviticus chapter thirteen? Um, oh, you know 29 and thirty you know about um, being examined when you have a boil. Uh, so I, I know that I've known you for a long time. You've never brought any boils to me to be examined. and I never will. <laughs> It, never like, say it, never. Like, think of all of the wonderful things that Jesus has uh, saved us from. Now, like now, you don't have to come to me with your boils, and and I don't have to assess whether or not the hair in it is yellow or not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's blessing. what it says. What? Yeah,
0: it, it does say that.
1: Yeah. I said it's a blessing that we don't have to do that. It is a blessing. <laughs> Praise Jesus, right? Praise yes. God. All right.
0: all right. Amen, brother. So, All right, you got a random question for us? Ooh, I've I know ran- I talked about that. Yeah, I think
1: I think both uh, Emily and Alex can both answer this one if you want to. So here it is. If you could be a member of any sitcom family, which sitcom family would you choose to be a member of and why? Ooh,
0: a sitcom family. Yeah, it's got to be a sitcom. Sitcom family. Now, it could
1: be animated if you want. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. okay. Hmm.
0: I don't know. You, you, you have your answer already. I do. Okay, go ahead.
1: Gilmore Girls is that considered oh. a sitcom?
0: I've never watched it's, an episode. I yeah. don't. Know. It's funny. Maybe. Yeah. I'll let it go. I'll let it slide.
1: Why? I would love to Why be a Gilmore Girls? It. I don't know anything about it. Um, it's ba- It's a. Lorelai Gilmore was a teen mom, and so it's the story of her growing up with
0: her daughter. Oh, okay. Okay. And they live in a small town in like Connecticut, and it's just kind of—I don't know. It's, it's an seems amazing seems show. <laughs> it's I've, an amazing show. One of the best ever made. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm still stuck on Andy Griffith. So. Andy Griffith. Wow. Yeah. Um, you're really old. Um, anyways. <laughs> forty-five tomorrow. Actually, when this airs, I will already you have, will been, have 45. been forty-five. Forty-five. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me go. Um, I, I'm just. I, I can't really think of anything right now, so I'm gonna say. Um, ooh, I, I'd be in the the Tanner household. Um, oh, from full house. house. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, DJ. I'm sorry. I've got a thing for <laughs> Candace Cameron.
0: Okay. Um, That's weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Why is that weird?
1: Oh, I'm not supposed to say that, right? Yeah. But well, wait, DJ was like the oldest. Childhood. Yeah, yeah he it, knows. it's he weird knows. because in the show she's a teenager and you're turning well maybe at the tomorrow. time that he no. watched it he had a crush i was I the know. same
0: age i'm like the same age as she is right i know but hearing yeah. that now is weird but she looks better than you do for no your i age. i'm not into 11 year olds no <laughs> everyone's ignoring my uh I, I, my jabs no i i <laughs> we should probably end this thing we should end this thing it's time to go uh we're gonna let you feel awkward as you are getting done uh listening to this and we will see you next time yeah if you have any uh questions you do what you can email them to grow up and talk podcast at gmail.com and we will try to get to those questions and address those on future podcasts
1: all right god's blessings peace